0: Welcome to the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast, a verse-by-verse study through the scriptures with Rob Harston. Thank you for joining us today. Now here's Rob. Hello and good Sunday to everybody that's uh, listening for wherever you're listening from. Uh, just want to thank you guys for joining the Crosslight Bible Study podcast today. And and we're going to be in chapter three again, and we're going to be finishing up uh, chapter three. We'll be in verses 12 through 21 in our series Joyous through the book of Philippians. Uh, hopefully you guys are in enjoying this uh, I am uh, I love uh, I love this book and it's uh, and it speaks again to us today so um, if you guys want to go ahead and turn uh, to your Bibles uh, in chapter 3 verses 12 through 21 um, and I don't know if you guys like sports like I'm a sports guy um, I don't know if you guys like sports or maybe you do maybe you don't and if, if you are or you aren't, maybe you're aware of a few big sporting events that happen every year, like the Super Bowl, uh, the World Series, March Madness, the Stanley Cup, uh, all these big uh, sporting events, NBA championship. You know, the Super Bowl, you spend a lot of money on these crazy commercials that you see, and and, and everybody's trying to, 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 to make money off these things. And maybe some of you are aware that there are marathons. I don't know if you guys know that. You probably do. Uh, And these marathons happen every year as well. There's the New York City Marathon, the the Boston Marathon, the Chicago Marathon, the LA Marathon. And if you're not familiar with what these marathons are, this is when people from all over the world come to run uh, in these races. And some do it to set a record and some do it because they simply love to get out and run. That's not me, but they love to get out and run. And there are some who want to do it just to see if they can finish? These things are these things are long and grueling, and you, you know you got to train for them. There's a Christian race as well today, and as believers, we are running in that race as we speak. There are some comparisons to to, to both races. There's a medal or there's like a a trophy for for the for the people that place uh, first, second or third what you know whatever they place in these in these marathons they're, they they have these these medals or these trophies that they give out for finishing. Well there's also a prize for the person who 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 finishes the Christian race as well. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter nine verse twenty five says, "Everyone who competes in the games trains with strict discipline. They do it for a crown that is perishable, but we do it for a crown that is imperishable." Uh, and and you see trophies and medals that you get, they'll eventually they'll they'll just rust into ruins. I mean, I think. Uh, I, I used to play basketball a long time ago, and I won. Uh, our team won a bunch of championships. I think I had like ten or eleven trophies, and you know, either championship ones or ones finishing in second. And this was, this was probably like thirty years ago, and I just threw the trophies away probably like six months ago. Uh, you know, and they're just they just rust, they break, and they do all these things. They're just they're just they're not worth anything really. But our crowns, which are in heaven, see, these things will last forever. This is why we are encouraged to finish our race strong with faith. You see, Paul wrote to Timothy about this uh, in 2 Timothy 4, uh, 7. Uh, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. This was at the end of Paul's life. He was letting Timothy know that, listen, I, I fought the good fight, and I finished my race. And he kept the faith through it, and that's an encouragement to us today. Paul kept the faith. He stayed strong, and when he entered the kingdom of Jesus, uh, that, that you know, he entered the kingdom which Jesus has promised to all who put their faith in Him. He received his reward for finishing the crown. There's a lot of different. Uh, there's a lot of different. Uh, um, the what people think like when they think of success. You know, this I think of success as this. I think of success as that. Well, to me, and I've always told my kids, my success. The measure of my success is when I will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joy of your Lord. That to me is success. And that's what Paul heard when he entered into heaven. You see, when the marathon runner prepares for races, he goes through what he needs to compete in the race. It's, he gets his number uh, pinned on him uh, or her, uh, they get the right shoes and whatever they need to eat or drink to get them to the finish line. And just as the marathon has a finish line, we as believers have a finish line as well. It's heaven. Our finish line is in the future. So today, let's look at the things that we need to prepare uh, to, for our race. Uh, this this Christian this Christian race that we're uh, racing. And and uh, let me read uh, the verses we'll be covering today. Um, and it's in uh, chapter three, verses twelve. It says, "Not that I have already attained obtained it or have already become perfect." but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as are perfect have this attitude, and if anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you also. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Verse 18 says, for many walk of whom I told you and now tell you even weeping that are enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19 says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite and those who glory in their shame who set their minds on earthly things for our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly await for a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the uh, (coughs) exertion of the power that he has even the subject even to subject all things to himself let's pray father lord we thank you for this time and we thank you for uh this this time in your word and the scripture and lord we thank you for the examples that that you set jesus and we thank you that you gave us paul also as an example lord and let us have ears to hear today lord let us take in what you're about to tell us and not only be hearers of the word but also be doers in jesus name we pray Amen. So here are the things, like we just said, a, 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 a marathon person will need their their shoes, their number and whatever they need to, to run their race. Well, here's what we need to, to, to run our race, run our Christian race. And the first thing is we need to have no satisfaction, no satisfaction. And, and, and Paul, in the previous verses, had given, he'd given some warnings and then, then he gives uh, his testimony. And when when we read Paul's epistles, we see that he writes from from such a spiritual maturity, like a, a, a just like a, a eloquent writings when he is writing, and it's such a spiritual maturity from purity that, that we think Paul had had taken on all these spiritual difficulties, and and he had reached the mountaintop, seeing himself as being pretty close to perfection. But again, he assures us that this isn't the case. There was no, there was no perfection in him. He was flawed, like, flawed like we are. This is why Paul starts out with the, the saying that not that I have already attained it. That is, I have not already been perfected. You see, for most believers, this is this is a pretty stark reality. I mean, we we it's it's almost like a wake up call. Maybe some people, maybe you guys today, are thinking, well, you know what? I've a, I've achieved this. And listen, if Paul didn't achieve it, we haven't achieved it. Uh, and and we also need to understand that a pastor has not achieved it either. Either there are there are many people. If you go to different churches today, or whatever church you're in, there there are people that put these pastors. They put them on a pedestal, like like oh man, they've, they you know they're close to God, and and I need to to go get prayer from them. Uh, I know my neighbor here wants to pray for me, but I really need to get a Get get to pray with a pastor because man they're closer to God than than anybody because they're pastors. No, that is completely uh, not true. And, and and pastors will tell you. Well, hopefully all these pastors will tell you, and they will have Paul's attitude of not attaining perfection we are still sinners here on earth even if you're a pastor today even if you're just a a christian a, pa- a pastor has just been set aside for a calling he has been called by god to do the work of the lord at at his level at and you know um that is that is uh teaching the word every week that is shepherding god's people and it's a calling it's not a career it's a calling and if there's if there's no perfection in, in Paul again, then there's no perfection in us. We are still being developed as believers. Look at it this way. Evangelist George Muller says this about this uh, spiritual perfection, and I quote, Just as a little child is a perfect human being, but still is far from perfect in all his development as a man. So the true child of God is also perfect in all parts, although not yet perfect in all the stages of his development in faith. So the statement, not that I have already obtained, it it becomes the statement of any believer who is, who 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 at least never permitted themselves to be satisfied with what they have attained spiritually. We can't we can't just sit on our laurels and say, well, I've done this. You know, man, I said, you know, I prayed with fifteen people today, and man, no, go pray with fifteen more. Don't be satisfied with what you've just done. And and this brings me to a, a story of uh, uh, when I was coaching. Um, you know I remember the teams that I had coached but in in my high school basketball coaching days but one team in particular comes to mind and it was my very first head coaching job this and this was with the girls team now I was hard on these girls but I knew their capabilities so this is why uh, I, I I was hard on them and I would always tell them like right before the game okay we are playing so and so and at halftime I want to be up by 15 points. You know, I already knew the team we were playing. I already knew what they were capable of. I knew what my team was capable of. So I set a goal for them. I want to be up by 15 points. And if we were up by 13 points i was not happy and there may there may have been a trash can or two that didn't make it out of that locker room or didn't make it in the locker room uh no anger issues just you know i was just anyways uh and it wasn't that i was mad at them and they worked hard and they played good enough to be up by 13 but i did not want them to rest and be satisfied with the accomplishments that they did for that half i wanted them to stay hungry and not for not for that game but for the next game and the game after that and the game after that and the remainder of the season. You see Paul was satisfied with Jesus but not satisfied with his Christian life. Just as I wasn't satisfied in my team cuz I wanted more. Well Paul Wanted more as well, yet there are many Christians today who are self-satisfied because they look around at other Christians, and, and 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 the danger in that is that you could be looking at the wrong ones. See, Paul had never compared himself with others. He, it was Paul, <laughs> the the greatest the greatest Christian that we that we know, and 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 he didn't he didn't compare himself with others. The only comparisons he had was with himself and Jesus Christ. Listen we need to be in the same mindset we need to just we just need to compare ourselves with ourselves and jesus that's it you look around and you start comparing yourself to others you're gonna lose it and let's let's look at the word perfect real quick we we, we saw it in verse 12 and we'll see it in verse 15 paul says uh, he has not obtained it in verse 12 but he is perfect which means mature in verse 15 so this maturity is his knowledge that he has not attained the perfect christian life have you ever evaluated yourself as a believer? Have you ever really just sat down and just evaluated yourself? You know, you now be careful with this because you may think too highly of yourself. You might think, well, listen, I'm, I've, yeah, man, I read my Bible you know, 10 hours a day and, and, and this or that or whatever. And, and you may think a little bit too much of yourself, or you may think, why am I a Christian at all? This, this is just too hard and in, 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 in there could be a lot of people that way this should this should do neither but it should make you strive to do better uh you know again with with the basketball teams you know i wanted them to be hungry and 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 continue on and and not just be just be you know if they won by 30 points then dang the next time let's go out and win by 60 points let's always better ourselves and i think that's what paul uh meant here and this is what we have to do as Christians as well, we want to we want to we want to continue to mature in our faith. Paul didn't have any false pretenses about himself. He realized that he hadn't arrived yet. That's why he said it. Uh, th- this 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 left him with only one thing to do. This is why he said, "I must press on in order to lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold of him." You see, Paul Paul had the, the Paul said, "Press on and meaning uh, meaning moving forward." Because turning back wasn't an option for him, he was going to continue straight forward. What was he pressing on towards? Well, that was what Christ wanted, and that's to do God's will, not his own will, not Paul's own will, but God's will. So you have to have you have to have no self satisfaction to run this race. Also, you have to have plenty of devotion. And verse thirteen talks about the beginning of verse thirteen talks about that. He says, focus on the one thing. Paul says, focused on one thing. You see, in our in our fast-paced world, it's it's, it's a technology-driven world. There are there are, there are many things to be focused on, and if we're not careful, it could damage you. It really can. If you really think about it, it can damage you. I have a I have a pastor friend who, before becoming a pastor, was involved in many different ministries. It filled his life with a, and he, you know he had a job and a family, but he also had all this ministry. Uh, work to do and you know he was working a secular job yet he had all these ministry uh all this ministry work to do well he became a pastor and i remember having a conversation with him and i was letting him know hey listen maybe it's time to let go of some of these ministries like let him let someone else let someone else have them you know because you know you need to you're going to be a pastor i i called it (laughs) i called i said he was going to be a pastor and then you know he he did become uh, a pastor and he needed to he he needed not to do these these ministries he needed to focus now on his pastoral ministries that he was going to give you know but he continued doing these ministries which isn't bad but then burnout began and and God knew this and let's just say those ministry opportunities were gone and he was able to focus on his pastoral duties and let me tell you something he is he's he's my best friend and and he's an awesome pastor. He's a great pastor. He, he, he loves uh, God's people. He shepherds God's people. He loves the word of God. But again, burnout was starting to feel because he was doing so much. He just wasn't focused on just one thing. He was focused on many things. As believers, we need to be focused on one thing. There will be, you know, we'll find there, we will find progress and we'll find fulfillment. I heard a story also about D.L. Moody that would be a decision that turned him around. Before the tragedy of the Chicago fire in 1871, Mr. Moody was, he was involved in Sunday school promotion. He did YMCA work. He he did a, a lot of evangelistic meetings and and in many other activities. But after the fire, he determined to devote himself exclusively to just evangelism. And it was this one thing that he did that became a reality to him. As a result of this, many millions of people heard the gospel you see we must commit ourselves to running this christian race you can look at athletes in their respective sports A quarterback must focus on passing the ball not playing defense in a in a pitcher in baseball must focus on locating his pitches not how he is going to hit a grand slam the next inning well cuz batters uh, you know pitchers don't usually bat but that's for another day if we want to win in sports or win in our christian race we must focus and it will come uh, it'll come to those who concentrate who who keep their eyes on the goal and let nothing distract them listen this life is hard and it will it'll try to get you down and it'll take you down if you let it don't let it take you down don't let it keep your eye keep you from having your eyes on the prize and then moving forward, we, we, we need that. We also need a sense of direction. We also need a sense of direction. And, and, and Paul is telling us, in the, in, in, continuing in this verse, he says that the one thing that Paul is doing, he's forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward for what lies ahead. People who, who have no relationship with Christ, they, they do, they've never put their faith in him, will be controlled by their past. And believers will run the Christian race looking toward the future as we're supposed to. Paul was reminding them that they need not to, to live in the past. As we studied last week, Paul known as Saul at that point had such a zeal for Jewish traditions and, 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 and he, this is what he thought were. And he thought that the, these Jewish advantages were all great, that he was even holding the cloaks of people that were killing Christians. This is what he was doing. It's because he had such zeal for his, his Jewish traditions and the advantages that came with them now. Imagine if this was, if this was Paul's mindset all the time, like Paul was thinking about this constantly, even now that, that that he, that he, you know, saw Jesus on the Damascus road, all this stuff. Imagine if this was still Paul's mindset flashing back to that time when he was persecuting Christians, if this would be, if this would be so, then Paul would have zero effectiveness on the future things Jesus. Wants to accomplish that is the same thing for us and the believer today. We all know what we were before Christ or the BC days, as they call it. We know the things we were doing didn't bring glory to God's name. I know all the things I did before, uh, before my, before the BC days or the BC days I did. These things I was doing is pretty much everything against what the Bible stands It stands for. I was doing everything that was wrong. It was bringing no glory to God. My life was a train wreck, really going in the wrong direction until Jesus met me, until I met him and he saved me. And you can say the same thing uh, today. So we know what it was like. And as we run this Christian race, we must forget what once was, and we need to reach forward for what lies ahead. We will not have any effectiveness for what God has for us and the work that he has for us if we spend too much time looking back. Look at it like this. What if you were walking towards a crosswalk and you were looking back all the time because of something that was coming after you? I don't know. It could be a dog. It could be, I don't know, something that you just kept looking back and you'd be so focused on it that and you wouldn't be looking ahead that you would step right out in the street and you'd be struck by a car and killed it's because you were focusing on too much on what was behind and you weren't focusing what was on the future you see if we continue to look behind us it will distract us and looking back also keeps us from what god has for us in the future so we cannot look back we must continue to look towards the future but i i I think Paul is writing the Philippians to warn them of not looking back because we have a a future home and we need to be looking forward to that. That's what he wanted. We have a future home. We have things to look forward to, and and it does us no good to look uh, behind us. And Jesus said in Luke 9, uh, 62, and this is Jesus' take on looking back. He says, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I love how John MacArthur said it. He said it about uh, this verse. He says, a plowman looking back cuts a crooked furrow. <laughs> you understand what he's saying? He's saying that, you know, if, if he's looking ahead, these, these things would be straight, but they're all crooked because he kept looking behind him. Again, everybody. As believers in Jesus Christ today, we can't look back. We we've got to we've got to continue to look forward. And this is what Paul is telling the Philippians and us today to to look forward and for, and forget these things behind. Now, the Bible's terminology of the word to forget doesn't mean to not remember. No mature person can literally forget their past. I mean, we can't just say it's, it's erased and we can't remember, but the, remember, Satan likes to, to bring up our past to, to us and we gotta, again, continue to look forward. And, and, and no, like I said, no, no person can literally forget this. To forget in the Bible means to no longer be influenced by or no longer to be affected by. So we won't forget our past, but don't let our past influence us. Don't let it affect what God has for us. I look at it like this. If God can forget, then we should be able to forget as well, right? So moving on, we have a, another thing that, that's going to help us in our race. We need to have determination. And this is found in, in, in verse 14, where it says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul, and you look at Paul. This man had so much determination about him and it showed all the places that Paul had ended up, especially in prison, he continued to do the work of the lord and he was joy he was joyous about it he pressed on for the work of jesus and the glory to his name to jesus's name not only this but the but the prize of the upward call now what is the upward call paul realized that he had not reached the mountaintop and there was no only one place to go from there that's why he had to press on i love the word press on it means to just just hunker down and keep going forward we all and we all like to get prizes when we're in comp- uh, competition. And Paul knew what the prize was. It was the call itself. It was being called by God Himself. It 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 wasn't any benefits that came with it. It was that Paul had even. It was that Paul had even gotten to be called to be in the race at all. Listen, there's going to be many people that we see that will not answer that call. Maybe God is calling out to them today, and they're just ignoring that call. He wants them to run the race that. As believers, we get to race. God called us to run in this race. And you see, because God doesn't need our, he doesn't need us to, to accomplish any of anything that he wants to do. This is why the, the prize is a high calling. It is It is called a high calling because it comes from above and it's from God our Father. And it's also a high calling because of the worthiness of God and this this calling is 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 so above the calling of man because this high calling summons us summons us to where Christ sits and that is at the right hand of the father so that's where we're being called to the upward call of god is only found in jesus christ himself paul was paul was very aware of this because the 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 pharisees who he once was might have had that upward call of god you know they felt like they were being called by god but They did not do it in Jesus Christ, which means they did it on their own strength and in their own flesh. And we know that that will just bring failure. Also, one more thing we need is plenty of discipline. And this would be found in verses 15 and 16. You see, my dad had served in the army and I have friends who are in the military and a, and a couple of guys I've gotten to know over the last few years are, are US Navy SEALs. And, and, and the one word I hear from, from these men I heard when I was a kid and I hear from these friends of mine was discipline. Anything worth accomplishing needs plenty of discipline. This is what Paul meant when he said, let us therefore as many are as are perfect or mature have this attitude. As mature believers we we know we uh, we know that that our race is not just it's just not good enough to run hard and win we know there are rules we must obey there are things that god tells us that we must obey in those days they had something called the, the greek games and the judges of those games were were very strict on these rules that they had set out and expected all these people to uh you know follow these rules if they were to be in the games and anybody who deviated from the rules was disqualified. And Paul is saying this in verse 15 and 16, he's putting an emphasis on the Christian remembering to follow the spiritual rules. This will be found in his word. We find all the things that we need to follow in the word of god this is why we are implored to study the word not just read it but study it not just be hearers of the word but be doers of the word and if anybody that has a a different attitude paul was confident that god would reveal that they need to change their attitude listen the rules aren't going to change in the bible we are changed by the bible we don't change the bible so we have to understand that today it is exciting to be able to run this race and, and look unto Jesus, but the upward calling is an even more exciting experience, and, and the Lord coming back for us, and, and, and when he comes back for us, and he will, we, that's when we will receive our rewards. This is what drove Paul, and it should be our drive, too, to finish our races. We get, uh, we get rewards. So we've been talking about all this running, and, 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 and where are we running to? Well, we are running to the future finish. And in verses 17 through 21, this is this is what we'll talk about. First of all, we're going to talk about the good example that Paul is talking about, and and, and this is this is going to be this is going to be something that we have to understand about about uh, our, our 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 race, is that. We could have good examples. We can have bad examples, and we have to make sure that we are on the we are on the right page of of, the, of these examples, and and that's what he's talking about in verse seven, uh, seventeen. And we all have people we look up to, and, and that and, and we try to to follow their example. If there was anybody that the Philippians could follow and be an example of, it was Paul. In order to finish this race, we need to walk the walk, and Paul was exhorting them to follow his example. Now. You notice I didn't mention Jesus as an example because the Philippians and Paul, and even us today know that it's impossible. It's impossible to, I mean, we can can use Jesus as an example, but it's hard to live up to that example because, well, Jesus is perfect. You see, Paul, and Paul really, he wasn't. So Paul said, follow my example. Paul wasn't being full of himself. Remember, he has not attained it yet. And he knew he wasn't without sin, yet still a good example. He could say it like he did in verse First Corinthians chapter eleven verse one. He says, "Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ." So before you guys say, "Well, we're not supposed to look to Jesus," yes, we are. Paul just said just Paul just said it. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. But again. You know, to me, Christ is, is is perfect. We can we definitely use him as an example. But I think in the Philippians' mind, there's just no way. I think that's why Paul used Timothy and Epaphrodites as examples because people knew they couldn't live up to to Paul. You know, thinking that he was he was you know man, he's this called apostle, and and you know it's hard to live up to his standard. Well, it's hard to live up to Jesus' standard because he's perfect. But Paul does say, "Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ." And good examples are hard to find these days and, and, and we need them. We need examples. We need uh, you know spiritually people, spiritual people to to look to. and, and you know it's hard it's hard to find uh, uh, good examples. And Paul wasn't saying that he was the sole person to, to be an example. We read Paul and, and know that he isn't we, we read about Paul. We read his letters. We've, we've read things about Paul. We see how he was and he—, he you know, Paul wasn't one of these rock star pastors that we see today. He did not walking around with, with all this, you know, hype and all this stuff. No, he he wasn't like that. So we know that he could be a good example. This is why he continued and said, "Observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us." He's saying, look at the brethren around you. Look at look at the ones who have put their faith in Christ. Those are the ones to look to as an example as well. Just not just not at Paul, but the people that have put their faith in Jesus and the ones that were walking upright, those are good examples as well. And we also know that that with good uh, with good, there's bad and it's just, that's just the way it is. There's good. And then there's bad. And there's and here are some of the bad examples that, that he's gonna, that he's gonna talk about and Paul and Paul, again, just being the, the, you know, being the, 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 the Christian that he was, he wanted to make sure that, you know, he wanted to make sure that these, these, these Philippian believers had a good example. They had the person to, to look to and, and, and Paul looked to Jesus. And this is the, the again, um, just reiter, reiterating is is this is what Paul Paul wanted us to do. He wants us to look uh, at him and say, okay, hey, this guy's a perfect example, just just so we can be a perfect example. But there are the bad examples, and that's what that's what he is he is trying to, to trying to tell them uh, when he says that uh, joining and following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. That's the good example, and here's the bad example for many walk of whom I often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that there are enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, as we look, as we look for, for the coming of Christ, we need to have that spiritual focus. And Paul had this. Now he is warning them of the world-loving people, even to the point of weeping, now I'm not sure uh, if it was as if Paul was walking around blubbering like a crybaby but it was a, a, a sorrow that he had felt. This letter that we have been studying so far is so filled with joy but here was just a little bit of sorrow and and Paul is weeping over the the people who profess Christ but the fruit they bared was of a worldly mindset paul says that these people obey earthly things they live for the the flesh and their end is destruction they were the enemies of the cross and it was the cross that defeated those things the cross speaks of sacrifice and suffering yet This is what these enemies lived for. They lived to please themselves. So Paul is talking about here's the good examples, myself and and Jesus and and, and the the brethren that are around you. And the bad example are these people that were world lovers. They were they were living for themselves. They weren't living for Christ, they were living for themselves, yet they profess their, their 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 faith in Christ. And again, he talks about fruit. You will know you will know them by the fruit that they bear. If we're bearing fruit for Jesus, then we're we're, hey, we are we are examples to to look for, and if we're not, then those aren't the examples that that were those are the bad examples. And finally, the finish line. Yes, the finish line. of Verses twenty through twenty one. Uh, verse twenty says, "For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ." You see, the Philippians considered themselves citizens of Rome and were under the Roman laws and and the customs. Funny thing is they were so far away from Rome they they had all this they they loved the the customs of Rome they loved uh, you know all these things of Rome yet they were they were far away from Rome and 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 as believers we consider ourselves citizens of heaven yet we're not there yet we're we're here on earth our home is in heaven but we're here on earth but still we are still citizens of heaven because we put our faith in Christ today this is why we run our race with discipline. As citizens, we are to be different than the world. We need to stand out. There's too many Christians that are conforming to this world because they're afraid of the backlash they're gonna get. They're afraid of what their friends are gonna think or their of their or, or their uh, their their parents are gonna think or their family. Listen, I've lost a lot of friends that were that were I had been friends with for years. And I'd lost them because of my belief in Jesus Christ. But you know what? I lost them, but I was replaced by with really good Christian friends who build me up. That's who you want. That's the people that you want in your life. So there you know, we we need to be different and we will stand out and we will probably be persecuted up by it. But you know what? We're in good company because so was Jesus just like the philippians awaited you know they awaited a, a a visit from the emperor we believers also we are are we're waiting for for our king we're waiting for for him to come and and this is what he's talking about he he says that which also we eagerly await we eagerly eagerly await our savior we can't wait if you're if you're a believer today you cannot wait for jesus to come get his church and in 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 the rapture you you cannot wait i mean but if you are not following Jesus Christ, maybe it's something you're not looking forward to. But as as believers, this is something we look forward to. And when we finish our race, this is why we look forward to. It. We will have rewards. We'll have these crowns that that Paul received when when he went to heaven. and He talked about in in 2nd Timothy. We'll also receive those crowns as believers. And and we will we we will be with loved ones. That's another reward. We will be with the loved ones that put their faith in Jesus Christ and that are in heaven that went before us. They will be awaiting us there. That's another that's another reward. But look at ver, what verse uh, 21 says. Who will transform Jesus who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. Now, this is another thing. He will transform our lowly bodies into conformity with the body of his glory. Our cruddy, old, sinful bodies will be resurrected and we will have the same type of body that Jesus himself had when he was resurrected. It, 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 that doesn't excite you, I don't know what it does all those rewards that we will get if we just keep the faith if we just keep running our race. Let me ask you a question as we as we end today. How is your race going today? How are you running your race? Are you satisfied with where you are spiritually? Remember, if you're not don't be satisfied press on want more want more want more of jesus not more of this world but want more of jesus what does he want you to do what's what's his will want more of that and always be hungry for him his word and doing his will listen I've, i think i say it probably almost every time we 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 get together read the word of god immerse yourself in the scriptures let the scriptures guide your life don't listen to don't listen to what uh, politicians say don't listen to what these rock stars say or these these actresses and act actors and actresses do what the Bible says do what the Bible says like again I've always said the Bible basic instructions before leaving Earth these are the instructions that you're given and they're good instructions because they come from God who is good and don't be bogged down with many things to where you are burnt out focus on the one thing and that is how to to finish your race strong and and doing that by by being uh you know being in God's word being in church not just showing up but actually being involved in church if you haven't if you haven't uh you know served God's people serve in your church wherever you're at serve in your church and that's something that will really help transform you as well and also know where you're going. Have that discipline and determination to finish. We need these things to finish our race. And listen, just as a, as, a little, as a little encouragement, we have people cheering us on today. We have loved ones, again, who put their faith in Jesus and are in heaven. They are cheering us on And we have the, if you look at, uh, I want you guys to do this after, after we're done, read Hebrews 11 and look at all of those people that are cheering us on, that have gone before us, that have had struggles and they ran their race and they finished. They know what it's like. So they're cheering us on. Listen, y'all, we are almost there. Our time is getting short. We're almost there. Keep running your race. Don't give up. Run your race strong, looking to Jesus as the author and finisher of your faith. Just continue to run run strong, everybody. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening today, and um, you know, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. And I just again thank you guys that uh, that you that you listen every week, and uh, I hope the Lord uh, blesses your week, and uh, God bless. This has been the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast.